You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Niggas is sick, y'all. <laughs> Dead ass. And the way I love so many black men in my life, I need y'all to be healthy. Dead ass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm -hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. So this story time is not a funny story time. This is a very real story time. This happened last year. Um, literally right before my birthday. My brother calls me on the phone randomly and goes, Yo, D, what's up? I'm like, what's good? He says, um, Yo, call your pops. I'm like, why? What's the matter? He's like, nah, he don't look good. And, you know, he don't listen to nobody, but just just call him. So, historically, my pops does not like going to the doctor. He has no patience. He feels like he can heal himself with everything. He really is a believer in Jesus and what, what Jesus has in store for him and God and all of that. So, my father feels like he has his life under control. Plus, I also know that my father has fear of hospitals and doctors. Mm -hmm. So, I call my pop. And in two years prior to this, remember my brother and I had to take him to the hospital mm -hmm. uh, right before Thanksgiving because he was having chest pain. Mm -hmm. And um, I call my pops and my father, if y'all know my father, he's, what up, bro? How you doing? You know, you know? He's a very jolly man. Like he he's, So when I, I get on the phone and I'm looking at him, his face was extremely drawn. My, my father is over 350 pounds. So when you see a 350-pound man with a drawn face, automatically something is like not right like he, his okay. face don't look full he he looked dry kind of grayish mm -hmm. i remember like underneath his neck hair was like hanging like real looking real sick so i'm like hey school what's up bro you know what i'm saying Cause I'm, I'm not trying to tip him off that my brother told me to call mm -hmm. so he just like 
I'm, I'm good, bro. I'm good. And he's trying to smile because I know my pops Mm -hmm. trying to smile because I'm always on my parents about health, not just my father, but my mother, too. Like, I'm like, y'all, y'all owe us to be here. Mm -hmm. Like, y'all, y'all owe us. You owe your grandkids to be here. So Mm -hmm. I look at my dad. I said, how you feel? And he's just like, oh, you know, I had a toothache. I was taking some medication. So my mouth is my mouth is kind of dry. And I kept using the bathroom and it's, it's the medication, bro. It's the medication. So I stopped taking the medication. So I look at my pops. I already know he's in his denial phase. So I said, can you give mommy the phone, please? I don't even, I don't want to talk no more. I already recognize what it is. Mm-hmm. So my mom gets on the phone. And she's like, hey, Deval. And I'm like, you know what that is. And she's just like, yeah, we're, we're supposed to go to the doctor on Wednesday. I said, mom, that's the diabetes. I said, he his mouth is dry. He's going to the bathroom every 15 minutes. He looks drawn. That's that's like the sugar. That's the sugar, ma. That's the sugar. And she was just like, we know, we know, Deval. You know, she's trying to pacify me now. And we, we got it. I said, Ma, take him to the hospital, take him to the doctor tomorrow, tomorrow, or I'm coming home and I'm taking him to the doctor because we're, we're not going to wait till Wednesday. At this point, it was Sunday. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, Val, relax. I said, I'm not going to relax. Take him to the doctor tomorrow or I'm coming home. She said, fine, fine, Val, fine, fine, fine. So she got my father to agree to go to the doctor. They go to the doctor the next day. They check his levels. They check everything. They tell my mom, you need to admit your husband to the hospital. And she's like, why? And I believe at that point, his blood sugar level was like 1,700. It was, was, they couldn't even measure it. It was so bad that they was like, the machine won't go as high as your blood sugar is. And you have to go to the hospital so we can find out what your actual blood sugar is. But the fact that the machine won't calculate it means that you're a walking coma right now. Yeah. And his A1C level was like ridiculous. His A1C was ridiculous. It was more than twice the level of a diabetes patient. I think for diabetes, it's seven. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. It was seven or 7.5. And I think he was above 14 Yeah. at this point. And then when once he goes to the doctor, they, they admit him. You know, he has all these questions and stuff. Then all the truth comes out. My father says to me, yeah, I had my, my sugar taken in October. And they said it was it was it was you know, seven point five then. So you was pre diabetic, yep. but you were pre diabetic and still drinking soda and mm-hmm. still eating cakes and still eating rice and still putting gravy on everything. So he goes to the doctor. The doctor tells my father that he's diabetic. Um, he has to be on insulin, but there are ways for him to kind of reduce um the symptoms of diabetes if he changes his diet, if he walks every day. Things that I've been telling him for years before we get to this point. So Kanina and I fly into New York because I'm not, I don't play when it comes to my parents. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna come see you. I'm gonna come, I have to physically touch you to know that you're okay. Mm-hmm. So I get there and this is the first time ever in my life. My father is upstairs in the room. He says he's feeling better. So it's just me and him. I kick everybody out the room. I said, bro, why? Why, when you go through health stuff, you don't say anything to anybody? Mm-hmm. And he broke down, started crying to me. And said he didn't want me to be mad at him because he's been telling me for a decade. Like, I've, I've been telling him for a decade that he has to eat healthier or we're going to get to this point. Mm-hmm. So he broke down and started crying and then started telling me all the things the doctor. But he said to me for the first time ever that he was scared. Mm-hmm. He looked up. He was, in the, he was in on the gurney. He looked up and there was a mirror above him. And he said that he looked like my grandfather. And my grandfather passed away of COPD, mm-hmm. 
2018. Mm-hmm. 2018, he passed away from COPD. And I remember looking at my grandfather and remember we had to rush him to the hospital one day. Yeah. And the EMS came and said, hey, do you have any pre-existing conditions? And my grandfather said, if you name it, I, I have it. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, my father said he looked up and he, he saw his father. Mm. His face was drawn. He looked old and he got scared. Mm. When I was having surgery for hernia at nine years old, my father told me, Psalms 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Mm. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I have a tattoo on my arm. Mm-hmm. And I've never been afraid of things because my father taught me not to be afraid. To watch my father be afraid shook me. Mm. It shook me. This song that i'm gonna sing now is um dedicated to all of the black men because we're talking about black men's health who are making a decision to put their health first and how powerful we can be as leaders of a community if we finally start putting ourselves for a thing about my dad is kind of getting me like I know, I know. Man, your father be a superhero. You don't ever want to think about anything happening to your pops. But mm-hmm. ah, this song is dedicated to all of the men who are, are putting their health first to be there for their families, their coworkers. Uh, I know Tribble, Tribble <laughs> hates when I clap. So I'm going right. to try not to clap. <laughs> okay? Don't clap. Home. Hey. Home. <laughs> Hey, we gotta create home. our own beats, huh? Hey, 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 hey! I'm living in the 21st century, doing hey. something mean to it. Do oh. it better than anybody hey. you ever seen. Do it, scream oh. from the haters. Got hey. a nice ring to it. Hey. I guess every superhero hey. needs his theme music. No one man should have, have all that power. power. The clock's ticking. I just count the hours. Stop tripping. I'm tripping off the power. 21st century something 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 <laughs> but um that's dope that's just what it means you take your power into your hands when you decide that you're going to put your health first mm-hmm. so you can be here for the people that matters your wives your moms your daughters your your brothers sons, your yeah, sons everyone your business partners and for yourself yeah you know so no one man should have all that power but i hope all of us Get the power to finally sit down and say, I want to be better so I can be here. I love that. Yeah. That's a good place to break. Yeah, Pay some bills break. and we'll come back. Yeah. It's story time and get into the meat of our show with our special guest today. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash deadass. 
Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, Near, the OG that I used for years, has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay? It works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Oh, man, that man. story time. It does it to me, too, all the time because I think about it. I've known your dad for almost 20 years now, and he's pretty much is just like a second dad to me. So that was a scary time, I think, for all of us. Um, and if it did nothing more than anything, it just really made us value more so checking on each other, making sure each other's okay, not taking for granted, not feeling well in a moment, thinking we can sleep things off. How many times have we had the story where someone told us such and such didn't feel well, they just went to take a nap, they went to sleep this off, and then they did not wake up far too many times. So today we wanted to bring in an expert, no one better than Dr. Kelvin Brown, to chat with us more about particularly black men's health. The leading cause of death for black men is heart disease, which is a completely preventable condition. Mm -hmm. Black men's prostate cancer risk is 74% higher 
than white men and black men between the ages of 45 and 54 die by stroke at a rate three times higher than their white counterparts. So just being a black man in general predisposes you to so much already, not just genetically, yeah. but environmentally. It's important. It's not just socially. Genetics, right? It's not just genetics. I feel like, like I said in my soundbite, there's so many black men who I just absolutely love to the core. And I need to make sure that they're going to be around for the long haul. And there's certain things that we can, we're not in control of, but if we can take control of our health, I feel like we should start now. Right. Because we're trying to do this together. Um, Systemic racism in medical care goes both ways, but with an added layer of pride of masculinity. Black men suffer far worse than any other racial group with Mm -hmm. this in America. So we're going to talk today and then go through the facts with Dr. Kelvin Brown. He's a surgeon, author, bariatric specialist, serial (laughs) entrepreneur, which we also had shows on entrepreneurship too, and um, public health expert who prides himself on talking or taking a holistic approach to health. All right, Dr. Kelvin Brown. You got quite the resume. How Big are you? Yourself. Big up yourself. <laughs> I'm doing well. Thank you so much, Kadeen and Deval, for having me. I look forward to it. Yeah, this Great. is something that's extremely important to us, uh, especially considering, you know, what I just spoke about, the, the story time. My father, about a year ago, mm-hmm. was rushed to the hospital. Um, he found out at that point that he was uh, diabetic. His A1C was through the roof. I think it was like 17. Mm-hmm. Um, his sugar was extremely high. Um, he was on the verge of, of going into a coma a sugar coma and he found out because my mom pretty much called me and said hey you know my brother called me and said you know your dad's not feeling good you need to call him and in our house growing up my father hated doctors so my father's the type of person that'll be like oh if i just sleep and drink some water i'll be fine and um i called my i called my pops this day didn't sound good i looked at him his face was all drawn I called my mom. I said, mom what's what's going on like what's going on and she was telling me that he wasn't feeling well then they rushed him to the hospital uh, and they found out that he was pre-diabetic and he had to got to get it under control or else he wouldn't have made it through the week. So that is like a microcosm wow. of what black men's health is. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yep. No, you, you, I mean, you said a, uh, a book's worth in that one example, uh, it started with Kadeen, what she said, we have the worst, uh, numbers when it comes to any group, uh, compared across races and mm. genders. Uh, so it's very relevant, but when, you mentioned as far as not wanting to go to the doctor as men, that is so true. Uh, when I was actively doing surgery, one of the things I realized with regard to that, if you find a guy in the emergency room at night, <laughs> you better believe something's yes. wrong with him. Uh, guys, <laughs> guys will not go to the hospital. And that also touches on something else though. Um, research has shown that if a guy is married, uh, they live longer and they present so much sooner to the doctor because of that significant other mm-hmm. spouse uh, in that person's life. So you touched on that. And then you touched on diabetes. Not only do we have the worst numbers and the worst life expectancy, speaking about black men, we also have the worst statistics with individual conditions, including diabetes. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that goes for high blood pressure yeah. and all the other numbers. So in that one microcosm of an example, you said a mouthful mouthful that we could really speak on for the next. Well, let hour. me let me ask a question. When, sorry, babe, it's but fine. when it comes to diabetes, because um, Kadeen and I have discussed this a lot, mm-hmm. 
I feel like you can like diabetes isn't something that's so hereditary that it's like, well, my father had it. I have I'm going to have it. I feel like it's something that you can work around if you eat properly, if you diet and if you focus on living a, a, a fairly healthy lifestyle. Am I correct? Right. Is it something that? that's not necessarily genetic, but more so hereditary because of the lifestyle your family right. lives? No, you're absolutely right. It's like the nature versus nurture. And with all conditions, there's a small component of genetics mm. that predisposes one to certain things. But it's the other things that a lot of people fail to realize. And it goes to goes toward the eating. It goes toward um, uh, rest and sleep, exercise. It also goes toward stress. Mm. And when we start talking about stress, we start talking about uh, racism, discrimination, starts talking about the economy and financials and so forth. So you start talking about socio determinants and socio demographic contributors to the condition. A lot of people think that health naively think that health is related to just eating and mm. fitness. And I like to equate this to sort of a, a mixer. This just imagine Dr. Dre at the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. right? Just with that big mixer with all the different keys mm. and so forth. That's how our health is. There's a lot of components that we can adjust on a day-to-day -day basis, on a decision-to-decision -decision basis that will affect our risk profile and if we ultimately develop certain conditions. And so all that plays into a factor as far as social, financial, emotional, stress, nutrition, and the list goes on and on. So uh, one of the things that we can do that's very, that's very noteworthy here is sort of shine the light on those things that people overlook on a day-to-day -day basis that can impact one's wow. health. So I guess if you were to deduce other than pride being one of the reasons why black men may not go to the doctor regularly or may feel a certain kind of way and not want to go, um, other than pride, have you deduced any other reasons why men are not, or black men specifically, are not as proactive about their health care in general? Absolutely. Uh, it sort of speaks to their uh, lifestyle, their quality of life. It speaks to their education level because the education level determines what jobs they get if they get a job. It also impacts their uh, proclivity or, or possibility of committing crimes and getting incarcerated which also affects that. Um, it determines if you have health insurance. It determines the quality. It determines the quality of health insurance. And then once you get insurance, it also determines your availability to a, a certain provider. Mm -hmm. Now, once you do have access to all of those things, what type of provider do you have access to and do you feel comfortable mm -hmm. with that provider? And so it keeps going on and right. on. And so it's a, snow, it's a cascading effect. Right. And it's very comprehensive, and a lot of people don't want to say it's systemic, but it is. Based on where you live, it also determines on the schools, yes. the education, the jobs, wow. and who you surround yourself with with from a social standpoint. Um, and so it talks about that, uh, as well as the resources that you have, not only physical resources, but uh, human resources, people who will speak certain things into you. So it's a big movement, especially in our community and our culture with regard to financial literacy. And I'm, I'm so happy to see it across social media, but equally important, there's health literacy. Uh, and we need to do these two things hand in hand. And one of the things that I touched on or that I really focused on maybe about 12 to 14 years ago was making sure that we don't achieve the success that perhaps I have that you all have and so many others are getting through financial literacy, but we 
we then reach a point where we can become even more impactful for even longer periods of time. And one of the things that the pandemic uh, really made absolutely clear, especially to me, but hopefully to everyone else, is that we cannot do anything without good yes. health. We cannot. For the first time ever, we saw the, we saw the entire world right. shut down. I don't care if you had millions right. or billions or mm. bitcoins we were all right. we were right. all in the mm -hmm. backyard doing absolutely <laughs> not absolutely doing nothing so so without without good health i mean there is no financial there is nothing else so we have to do both of these things especially in our community and especially with black men in parallel health literacy financial literacy as well as going across the entire uh mixer quote unquote the analogy and in, in tackling the mental health, the emotional health, and so forth, uh, and go from there. Um, the whole drop-down menu. Yeah, I want to. I want to <laughs> touch on something you you spoke yeah. about because Kadina and I actually went through this when I retired from the NFL mm -hmm. um, in 2009. We were in our mid 20s, and one of the big issues we had at that time was health insurance because the NFL wasn't carrying mm -hmm. our health insurance. Uh, NFL drops you when they when they cut you. They don't carry you on health insurance anymore. And my wife at the time was working freelance as a makeup artist. And she went on full time for the sole purpose of getting us health insurance. But at that moment, I realized there are a ton of Americans who are struggling, especially black Americans who live at or below the poverty line with getting proper health insurance. Yes. And, and can you talk a little bit to our viewers about how important it is to have health insurance? Because I have a lot of younger men that I mentor and they elect to be 1099 employees so they can make more money up front. And they'll sacrifice the health insurance because they think, oh, I'm in my 20s. I don't need health insurance until you do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So can you talk a little bit about how important yeah. it is to get a proper health insurance? It's extremely important to get uh, the right health insurance. At the same time, health insurance as, as an industry is so complex, mm -hmm. so complicated. Uh, and that's one of the things that I'm trying to uh, help out with the new company I formed. But to go back to the insurance before I answer that question specifically, two things. One, when I was in surgery residency at Emory doing rotations at Grady um, with trauma, uh, it, the emergency rooms would be full of people. I mean, out in the hallways waiting for a room and so forth. It will surprise you. A lot of those people, they worked at Georgia Power. They worked at Coca-Cola. They had jobs and so forth. So I say all of that to say this is that even with insurance, if you don't know how to navigate the healthcare system and have the right advice, um, sometimes you'll have problems. The second thing is I have a mentor when I was doing, I got my master's in public health degree and one of my mentors, she was a professor and she was a medical uh, doctor as well. Matter of fact, her entire family are medical doctors. I mean the entire family. And this is uh, an African-American uh, female with a tenured uh, professorship at Emory, but she had the hardest time with insurance from an academic institution mm. as a medical doctor <laughs> navigating the healthcare system her, for her husband wow. who had who had who had uh, uh, Alzheimer's. Wow! So it's a difficult system. The third point that I want to bring out, and then I answer the question, is that when I was doing surgery, and people had insurance, and this was even before Obamacare, was that. This day and age, and you all can tell, everybody knows this as, as well as they know the gas prices are high <laughs> right now, is that even, even with insurance, that darn deductible oh, man. and copay yes. is incredible. And so, and so now people have to 
buy a small car or a, a quarter of a Bitcoin just to get the dunk yes. on, uh, uh, you know, deductible done. So, but with that said, understanding all of that, you're better off having insurance. Not having insurance uh, is just the opposite of having financial literacy, especially mm. if you're at the age or you have people in your family uh, who may have a, a medical emergency. Mm. Then it can be totally catastrophic. It can wipe you out mm. and so forth. So if you can get insurance in this day and age, that's one of the things that a lot of employers are doing to offer. But that goes back to what we're talking about with regard to black men and black men health. It's the jobs that we can mm -hmm. get and what type of insurance that offers and so forth. And then so you were fortunate to have, you know, Kadeen right. to get the insurance, but that also speaks to relationships and staying in relationships. Right. Mm and the divorce rate in the community and so forth. And so you start seeing like, wow, okay, I just got a divorce. I don't have this good job. I'm on hard times. I cannot pay the deductible copay. And then I'm not gonna go to the emergency room mm -hmm. when I should, I'm gonna make this longer. And that goes to another thing when you start talking about black men having the worst statistics with regard to life expectancy and with each condition, mm -hmm. that the next step is that when we do get those conditions, we present later and we present with more difficult to treat conditions. Right. And so uh, an example of that is blood pressure. Right now, 60, over 60% 60 of black men and women have blood pressure issues. I see it every day with what I do. Most of us are still in denial. They're, I mean, I tell people your blood pressure is high. And when, when black people have high blood pressure, instead of being on one medication to treat, we normally need two or three. So mm. not only do we have these conditions, we have the environment that inc increases our risk for these conditions, and then we have less access to the solutions. And for those who have access to the solutions, we get to them later with more serious conditions. So I have a question. To, to a family or a couple like Kadeen and I, mm -hmm. who we were both independent contractors at the time, she decided to go and work full-time to get insurance. What are some things they need to look at in their provider to say, okay, one, I do have a provider, but number two, I have a good provider who would allow me to have regular doctor visits or dentist visits because that was another thing. We had medical insurance, but they didn't cover dental at one point. Mm -hmm. So we had to have a separate insurance for dental. So it just seems like for, for a lot of young people, and Kadeen and I, we were in our 20s, had no idea about any of this. What, what are some things that we can tell our viewers to look at or, or listeners to look at when they're trying to pick the right insurance the provider. To get the most out of their insurance, yeah. yeah. What I always tell people is first, you have to look within. And that's where the assessment phase come. Who are you? What is your family? What is the risk profile of yourself and your family? And what do you need to address that risk, mm -hmm. right? So you have to say, okay, I got older or you're getting older because you know the likelihood of getting something major unless it's an accident or something like that, of course, when you're younger, you're more likely to get into those car accidents, et cetera. Right. As you get older, you're more likely to get chronic conditions and so forth. So anyway, you look at your own risk profile, but then when you look at an insurance, you look and see one, uh, of course, it's gonna be pay costs. Mm -hmm. Can you afford it? That's, that's a rate limiting effect, a rate limiting factor there. So once you can afford something, then look within that and say, okay, what all does it cover? What doesn't it, uh, cover or what does it exclude? And then 
Um, you want to look and see what providers you have access to, which hospitals, which hospitals are close to you. Right now, you know, it's a big war going on with insurance companies and you may want to go. Personally, I love Emory. I love Piedmont. I look for those sort of right. things. But you got to say, okay, where do I want to go? What's close to me? What do they cover emergency? Uh, how much is the deductible? And then once I have a major issue, do they, do I, is there a ceiling to it? Do I only pay up to 2,500 or if it's a hundred thousand dollar bill, do they make me continue to pay 50% of right. that bill? Mm -hmm. So you have to look at, you have to look at those things as well. Um, and then you have to look and see if family is involved. How much is the family? Does the deductible cover everybody, yeah. uh, individuals? Uh, but the main thing you have to have, uh, a lot of people you have to ref you have to get referrals from your primary care physician. So if you know someone, know someone that you like, uh, then you can get it. I'm developing, uh, I have a new software company and one of the things it touches on this specifically and it's going to do so much more so in the future and that is how to find healthcare providers easily and instead of getting a word of mouth from somebody who may like a certain physician, male, female, different gender and so forth, you'll be able to look objectively and you'll see their entire profile, see their ratings, you'll see their pricing up front and down the road, especially with blockchain technology, all that stuff would be very transparent, mm -hmm. including the insurance costs and deductibles. So what we need to do and what technology is going to help us do is make this a level playing field mm. and not just of people who right. are in the know, but anybody can pick up the app and everyone can see the exact same information and make decisions for themselves and their families. But it's very complex right now. Uh, it will get more transparent, but I just went through the process myself in December and insurance is not like it used to mm -hmm. be, you know, 10 years ago and 15 years ago, uh, the prices are incredible. Right. The, the options are very limited. Um, and, and it's very hectic for the normal everyday person to navigate. Oh, that's absolutely right. I mean, we just even had to schedule, um, an appointment for one of our sons and they wouldn't even talk about appointment dates, times or anything, unless they knew that. The insurance is something that we had right. and they had to call to verify to make yeah. sure that they were going to get paid because I know there's also been the battle between, you know, doctors and insurance companies and then there's the patient and the doctor and right. then the patient and the insurance company. And sometimes it becomes a matter of like hot potato where we're throwing around this potato with like who deals with this situation or right. who's going to have the answer or who has to pay for what. And that becomes even more discouraging and more frustrating. Yeah. Um, I, I so that question, sounds yeah. great. I had a question too. Um, Say you're a black man who you have insurance. We also know black men do not trust the medical profession, right? Anytime I talk to a, one of my friends about medicine and going to the doctor, the first thing they bring up, everybody knows, is the Tuskegee experiment. You know what I'm saying? I can't trust the government. I don't trust doctors. If you go there, um, how do we educate our community so that they can be more trusting of the science and trusting of medical professionals? Because as a former pro athlete, I've question. learned to trust the science and trust medical professionals because that's, you know, when your body is your business, you invest a lot of time and energy in being the best version of yourself. But a lot of people who don't have an opportunity to be in front of good doctors don't trust doctors. How do we, how do we eliminate that, that stigma right. that black men cannot trust doctors? I'm telling you, I have goosebumps to be honest with you, because it's, it's such a difficult issue. It's going to start to be honest with you a comprehensive strategic plan where different groups 
from all walks of life come together and say, how do we address all of these different things and do them together? Right now, especially in the black community, in our culture, we're so divided, especially when it comes to medicine, because we, we have that foundation and that faith. And I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very, um, I really have a lot of faith and I believe in God and so forth. And I believe I work yes. for him, but we're so quick in our, we work so, we're so quick in our community to say, forget the doctors. I'm putting everything in God's hands. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's <laughs> right. God, 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 and, 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 and it is not listening to medicine and so forth. And that messaging is determined by who controls the messaging. With social media and you all's platform and other people with platforms that are like yours, or they may have different messaging, uh, it's very contradictory. Yeah. And it's not right. clear for the masses, for the masses. I mean, I can, I can get off of your platform and I can go onto another platform and that platform is saying, you know, doctors are bad. Uh, this whole COVID thing, you know, it's so divisive right. with mm -hmm. mask and CDC right. and all this other stuff. So you got half the platforms out there bad mouthing people like Dr. Fauci and doctors and so forth. And the other half, you know, saying whatever that is not helping the situation. And that that messaging doesn't help us as a people who are already suffering. So if you expect other platforms, other people, different colors and so forth to help with that messaging, we're, that's not no. going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so, and so we have to come across and say, okay, what are we going to say? What, what do we need to do and have good people with the messaging, no quacks and all this other <laughs> right. stuff come out and do this. But, but we, but we need a solid plan from entertainers to entrepreneurs to everyday people coming together and say, what is our messaging around healthcare? What do we expect from healthcare? What do we demand from healthcare? And how we should we respond to that good health care and get more people talking about black men's health, women's health, and so forth. Um, and just as much as with health literacy and understanding that we all work together. Uh, I'll give you another example. This guy is very prominent here in Atlanta. I'm not going to say his name. Um, I was called to the uh, to an Atlanta Hawks game where they were going to uh, be at, and I was giving him some healthy injections and so forth. And he's going through a weight loss journey himself right now. But the first thing he said when he came out from the VIP area was like, you know, uh, I don't believe in the government stuff. Oh, I don't believe in this mm -hmm. and that. So this is a high profile, very influential person within our community. And the first thing he said to me without knowing me at all was that he doesn't trust, you know, the right. government and doesn't trust this and that. But that's what we're fighting with. And that's the difficult part. Um, you know, the thing is, though, is that people say that. But when it when it gets very serious, unfortunately, with cancer and in the hospital and intensive care unit, the trust goes. Yeah. What can you do? Right. Yes. Right. How, please right. help me. Yes. Please help me. It's a it's a different story <laughs> there. Right. But as long as as, as, as long as you out on the streets, and you're driving and you're drinking and you're eating and so forth. It's, a, it's another right. story. But what we got to do is have people, and this is what I, I try to do, and I call this a ministry. I try to get people to hit a rock bottom before they actually hit rock bottom. That's the, that's the thing that we have to do is that you don't have to hit rock bottom and be in the emergency mm -hmm. room, be sick, have cancer or whatever. How can we communicate that this is enough? Life can be so much better than here. But that's all with messaging. 
And the medical community, community cannot do that. Uh, the government cannot do that. It's like, okay, what are we telling ourselves and what is the long-term effect on us, our race, and our future? Because we're slowly becoming extinct, right? And so we have to address black men's health, women's health, family health, financial health, all this other stuff for the sake of our survival. So that's that's a that's a tough question, yeah. but it's an answer that's going to require a lot of people uh, coming together. And that's the challenge before our culture, our community, and our people. Can we stop, you know, with this divisiveness because it's not serving us at Absolutely. all? Absolutely. You know, you touched on a little bit um, people feeling like, oh, you know, I can just pray this away, whatever this situation is, and I won't have to see a doctor or I have to take medication. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of is a good segue to talk about the holistic approach to healthcare because we had a friend who um, lost his stepmother, um, young woman, 42 years old, to mm. uh, they believe it was a heart attack and literally just out of nowhere. And this was someone who exercised. I yes. think she was pescatarian. You know, she was yes. checking all those boxes that we have of like the perfect health or what you can do to make sure that your yes. health and fitness journey is on point. So for someone like that to just completely just drop dead out of nowhere, it was the biggest shock, to all, biggest of shock us. to all of us. Yeah. And we learned that she apparently was diagnosed with high blood pressure, but did not want to take the medication and right. said she was taking a holistic approach to medicine by whatever herbal supplements yeah. and things like that um, that she was taking. So with that being said, um, what exactly does it mean to have the holistic approach to please, your health? Please talk and, about that. And um, what can black men do to apply this to their health? Yeah. First, let me, um, I hate to hear that. Um, it's an unfortunate story. Matter of fact, it goes back, especially when you start speaking of black men's health. Um, it's, it's a shame that our life expectancy at birth is only 68 years of age, mm. which is ridiculous. Wow. You know, every time you, every time you turn on um, social media or television, you find other races, other genders and so forth living into the eighties and nineties. And then we always have, you know, some legend dying at, you know, 65 yeah. and 68 yeah. and 50s. You know, it, it shouldn't be that. Now, yeah. Um, yeah. And right. Fifties and forties and so forth. Um, but from a holistic standpoint, oh, before I say about the holistic, if you have a medical condition, I tell people there's nothing wrong with temporarily being on medication to, to stop the risk profile and to help the other processes oh. working and so forth. Do not be in denial and say, okay, I'm going to treat this differently. I'm going to know as long as it helps and you look at the different profiles and so forth, do what you have to do and then work on these things as well. We don't get enough rest. Um, and that's one of the fears that I have with regard to, mm -hmm. you know, the health, uh, the financial literacy. Everybody's trying to be a boss. Everybody is trying to make money. And, uh, you know, that messaging, you know, you'll have time no to sleep, sleep yeah. later, mm -hmm. you know, you, more hours, put it in. Right, right. And, uh, but you have to get the right amount of sleep. Uh, the lack of sleep uh, contributes to the disease process. When you sleep, people don't realize that the body actually heals itself. It releases certain hormones and so forth. So even if it's not uh, consecutive hours, but trying to get in that quality seven or eight hours of sleep. And with this day and age, uh, more so than ever, uh, mental health is, is real big. Anxiety is huge. Uh, depression is big. And so the ability to sleep and have quality sleep is becoming more and more difficult. But you need to sleep. You need to drink water. 
You know, the body's made mostly of water. Uh, and without having that, you know, that's when the disease processes happen. That's when you have genetic alterations that lead to cancer and so forth. So you need the right amount of water. You need the right amount of sleep. And then stress, I cannot emphasize this enough. I talked to roughly, I mean, over the past 10 years, I've had a conversation like we're having right now with over 300,000 people. I see maybe 100 people a day and I talk with mm. people and so forth. But I can now, I'm so in tune with it. It's in the body language. It's in their face, facial expressions and so forth. It's a lot of stress out there. Social media is not, is not helping right. at all, in my opinion. But we have to deal with stress through proper nutrition, through rest, through getting in contact with nature, with taking social media breaks, turning off all the notifications and all this oh, other stuff. But anyway, we have yes. to deal with stress. And so, right. And so, and so stress is contributing to that silent killer high blood pressure. Mm. And it's also contributing to weight loss. When the body is under stress, it causes the body's cortisol levels to go up, which is very similar to being on steroids. And if you know anything about mm -hmm. being on steroids from asthma or something like that, it's hard to lose weight right. on steroids. In fact, most people gain weight. So anyway, stress is absolutely huge. And then of course we have to tackle eating and eating is, is complex. A lot of people, you know, saying I, Matter of fact, I have not met a person who've come to me and said, I don't eat right. And they all eat poorly, right? <laughs> and so I've been doing this for, I don't know, 14 years and so forth. But the eating is complex. It's not only what you eat, it's how much you eat, what time you eat, um, and then all those other factors. And then the last piece from a holistic standpoint, that the five things I have people to remember, the last piece is the fitness part. We have to incorporate that and you all stay fit. The kids, you, you have beautiful family. Oh, thank you too. so much. I didn't mention that earlier. I, I love, I, I, I love your family, and I think the whole world admires yeah, thank your family. You so much. That's a good oh, thing. But, 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 but it, but it, but everybody's. Uh, you gotta, you gotta work on the fitness and be consistent with that. Um, and of course, you know the proper. If you have the proper diet, you know you'll you'll bring in the vit the vitamins and the minerals and the nutrients. But if you have a borderline diet or an inconsistent diet due to travel or due to work or whatever, it's okay to supplement those with healthy vitamins like vitamin D. I, I tell everybody, I tell everybody, especially if you're of, of color and if you're a little overweight with a body mass index or BMI above 30, and especially during the winter months, you have a vitamin D deficiency. Mm -hmm. And so vitamin D really helps with the immune system. It helps with the mood, it helps with the sleeping, it helps with your bone health. And then you say, why do I need to worry about my bone health now? Then you start talking about medical conditions for us in our 60s and right. 70s. And then you say, oh my goodness, why does somebody have a hip problem? Mm. Why did they fall and have an injury and became debilitating? And now they reached the age of 60 and now they're dying at the age of 65 because it changed your life due to a hip fracture. So all of this just takes yeah. awareness and, and it starts as early as possible. And the conversations that we have with regard to this, like I said, I welcome uh, the financial literacy, but right there in parallel, we should also be having the health literacy and the conversations and making ourselves healthier, our families healthier, and then our communities healthier. Dr. Kelvin, I'm gonna tell you why this is important, right? You said two things to me that kind of made me kind of just get shook, right? Because I already knew from <clears throat> studying a bunch of training, different type of training techniques, and they talked about Navy SEALs. Navy SEALs put their their uh, cadets through, I think it's a three-day period where they can't sleep. 
to show them how sleep deprivation can affect them when it comes to depression and anxiety. And I think they said something over 90% mm. of the Navy SEALs during that time, even the ones who graduated, when they were going through the sleep deprivation cycle, felt a, 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 some form of depression and extreme anxiety. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not Navy SEALs. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine the average person who is team no sleep, either because they got kids or multiple businesses or they're trying to do all of this other stuff, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, and stressed? Because on top of the, the lack of sleep, they put them through stress cycles as well to see how they respond. But there are people, like you said, because of socioeconomic conditions who exist in the space of no sleep and stress every single day. Yeah. And I can think about family members who have gone through early set Alzheimer's, yes. uh, um, hypertension, diabetes. And these are people who continue to work out and, and try to eat right. But now when you said it to me, I'm like, these people didn't sleep. Mm -hmm. and they were super stressed right and made me think about myself here i am i'm 37 i try to eat as right as i can my wife gives me vitamins but there's days where for example we're doing the podcast we're up early we're up late at night with the baby and i have all the financial you know stuff that i'm working on where i just don't feel like myself and i'm realizing that it could not it, it probably has nothing to do with me working out and eating it's probably just stress and lack of sleep stress and and disconnecting because you also mentioned just disconnecting from social media from your phone from life right. like deval has not slept sound aside from the baby but there's times when i'm like deval turn your phone off like it can wait that's if true. you want to just sleep a solid six seven eight hours that is true take advantage of the time to do that because everything else can wait you can wait i, I mean like i'm right. literally looking at him over here appeared with yep, piercing yeah, well, eyes as, as you were talking, like, she was looking at the I'm side of my face i'm literally looking at the it. side of his I face because i'm just like listen dr kelvin is saying what i've been saying bro and i mean equally i'm sure you can look at me and say the same but we're talking men's health today black right. men's health so no, I, I get it i get it and i gotta yeah, be i gotta be accountable important. because it's important for people to know that you can't you can't pay your way into good health no so it doesn't matter how much money you make you still have to take care of yourself and this message that you said just now really resonated with me. Like, I'm really going to try to take a lot more time to get some sleep mm -hmm. and not stress myself out. Things that I can't control, let me find ways to meditate. One of my favorite ways to was relax, Kay will tell you, is uh, I smoke weed at night. Okay? Um, <laughs> that's like my glass of wine. You know, I'm, I'm really into the holistic approaches and being in L.A. for a whole year and it being legal. Listen, don't twist Dr. But Kelvin's no, 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 words no. around and be like, I'm, Dr. Kelvin listen, said no, that no, I can no. smoke every night. I'm, so. not, I'm not twisting your words, but I will yeah. say this. The nights that I smoke, right, and I'm not a heavy smoker. I don't sit down and roll 12 joints. and, and No, but I have my bong. I'll take a couple of puffs of my bong, and I do sleep better. I'll sleep a sound six to seven hours when, after I've smoked, and I have felt better those nights that I sleep. So I don't meditate, but I smoke. So that's what helping me with stress that, relief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have, I have two things to say. I will get to the smoking okay. because I just had a person, I had a guy who was just referred to me and he came in and I was listening to his heart and lungs, mm -hmm. right? And I could smell the smoke on him and I looked down at his nice pants and he had a, had a <laughs> hole in him where he dropped the ashes oh, on Oh man. <laughs> where he dropped the ashes on his nice pants. So, so, so I do, I do have an answer to that, but, um, getting back to the sleep, I wish I could reference specifically the article, but an article, a research article just came out, uh, saying that one bad night, so one bad night of sleep is equivalent to about three months of poor eating. Um, so it's, it's, it's that significant. So, so that's, that's, that's something to sort of hang it's your head on, but getting back to the smoking, 
Yeah. Getting back to the smoking thing and so forth. And a lot of people do it. And, um, and I don't have anything, you know, against it. I mean, it's more and more coming out, especially medical use of it and so forth. As long as you have control right. over it. Yeah. Right. Um, and as long as you have control over it and it's not leading to other things where you do drink too much or you, you let your guard down and you start eating the wrong foods right. and so forth, uh, then that can happen. You know, and that's what the guy who was here with me, he realized that as well. It was when he would go out and he was an, he's an investor. I mean, this guy makes money. He invests in a lot of businesses and so forth. But he said when he goes out, he's at the club, he's in his VIP mm -hmm. area, they're smoking, mm -hmm. they're drinking up a ton, and that's putting on the calories. And so when he realized that and he stopped the alcohol just for a little bit, uh, just during the month of January, dropped eight to 10 pounds just off of that. So you have to realize what you do with the smoking. What is it? And then you have to ask yourself, why am I smoking? Why am I drinking? And that's what we talked about. I mean, a lot of times it's the stress. Yeah. It's something yeah. going on in life. You're just trying to, escape. you're trying to just, you know, uh, escape yeah. from it. And so you have to, you know, address that head on. Uh, otherwise, whatever you're trying to escape from, it's just going to build and build and build. And then that's going to be another problem. Wow. This might have to be a two-part podcast. I know. Right? Because I got mad questions. We still got a whole lot of questions here. I still got here, a whole lot of questions. And we're running out of time. And I'm feeling some kind of way, Dr. Kelvin. I feel like we're going to have to schedule you back in for the next yeah. season as a follow-up to this. Right? Um, but I want to definitely, in the meantime, have people do their due diligence. Mm -hmm. Increase that health literacy that mm -hmm. we're talking about. And by doing that, I think they should be able to engage in your work and you should tell them where they can find you online and a couple of the things you have going on so people can know that there's knowledge and information out there. It's accessible right. and um, what we can look forward to yeah. from you. Yeah, uh, on social media, you can find me on Instagram. My name is Dr. Kelvin Brown, Dr. K-E-L-V-I-N Brown. Um, I have the website by the exact same name, drkelvinbrown.com. And then the company that I'm really excited about, and perhaps you all will look into it as well, is SyncoSystem.com. It's S-Y-N-C-O System.com. And so that's going to go live this summer. But it's, it's my entire life put into this one effort out of all the things I've ever learned in public health, in medicine, as a business owner, and so forth. It's going to be powerful. And uh, I am so confident that it's going to change the lives of millions, if not billions, here in the United States and eventually globally. So you can look at that. I have a couple of books out, but all of that is in the link in my bio um, uh, on Instagram, Wonderful. Dr. Kelvin Brown. Um, and everything's I'm there. I'm looking forward to that. I am as well. Because you were a wealth of knowledge just in this short time that we've had you. So I can just imagine if we can pick your brain over the years <laughs> worth of work that you have. It's going to be quite an extensive catalog yeah. to take a look at. So y'all heard it here. Dr. Kelvin Brown, we thank you so much for your time. We'll be sure to have you back where we can chat more and do like a part two on this, right? Yes, sir. And, and I want to say too, um, I appreciate you because part of the, the lack of trust that we have is that we don't see too many black male doctors. Absolutely. So as a black man, when you can go and speak to someone who looks like you, then you, you have a little bit more comfort because I feel like I'm speaking to someone who knows my plight. So give you your flowers, sir. We appreciate you, Dr. Kelvin. Yes. And you'll definitely be hearing from us because we're going to have you back because I still have more questions. Like, I still have more, I have questions, a ton more too. questions, Absolutely. But. And you're in, Atlanta, you're in Atlanta, so we're, we're like close by. 
You know what I mean? We're trying to expand our yeah, that's expand right. our tribe and territory out here. So maybe we should link up link up for dinner over <laughs> yes, a healthy definitely. dinner one day. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. And like I said, thank you all so much. I admire you all as as people. I admire you all as husband and wife and family and so forth. And uh, you're doing a lot of a lot of great things for us as a community and as a culture. So thank you for having me. I look forward to the next steps. We, we appreciate you. you. Thank you, Dr. Kelvin. Appreciate you so much. Have a good one. All right, one more time. Let's give it up for Dr. Kelvin Brown, who was yes, a wealth of dope. knowledge here. He dope. knows so much about health. And I'm looking forward, I think, particularly to his app that's coming out, um, Cinco, where we can go in there and just really dissect everything it is that we need to know about healthcare, healthcare providers, yeah. um, and just pretty much a place that we can just do the work in ourselves to yes. figure out you know, what's the best route for us to take medically and, and health wise. And trust us, we're not telling you to trust everything. Right. But at least do your research. I mean, for sure. um, one thing uh, Dr. Kelvin brought up was the noise in mm -hmm. social media. Right. Everybody's mm -hmm. a, whatever, whatever the, the crisis is for that week, everyone on social media becomes oh my uh, an expert. I, so many people were vaccine experts. Now mm -hmm. everyone is experts on foreign policy because <laughs> Russia and Ukraine are yeah. going to war. So it's like, like what's next? there's all these experts that live out here. Absolutely. Do your due diligence. Uh, listen to people that you trust when making decisions about your health. Absolutely. All right. Now it's a quick, quick break time. Um, we're going to get into some ads and then come back with listener letters. Stay right here. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this, Nier, yes, Nier, the OG that I used for years, has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay? It works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show Black Founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black Founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing Black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married yeah. at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. 
I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, time for listener letters, and then we'll finish out with our moment of truth, as we usually do. Um, and we're going to dive into the first letter. You want to go first, babe? All right, but I'll go first. <clears throat> Hello, Kadeen DeVal. My boyfriend and I have been together for four years, and we are both 27 years old. In the beginning of our relationship, we spoke about living together, marriage, and having children, and the conversation went well, and we seemed to agree on a lot of things. I have brought the conversation back up because it has been four years and we are not getting any younger and I am ready to take the next step in our relationship, whether it's moving in together or getting engaged, but he is not. He would like to wait. Instead, he is ready to have a baby because he doesn't want to be an old dad. Now, mind you, he was he had he already has a seven year old from a previous relationship. When I asked why a baby and not moving in together or getting engaged, he said, because I know what it's like to be a father. I don't know anything about being a husband or know anybody in a happy marriage. And I want to save my money to buy a house. I am not going to live in an apartment to pay someone else's mortgage. He is not. Uh, he has not had steady work in the past two years. Granted, I am not where I want to be yet, but I have consistently been working and going to school, which I graduate next year. Congratulations. We have not been in a good space lately, arguing, not spending much time together and barely having sex. I never pictured myself dating, let alone falling in love with someone with a kid until I met him. I haven't felt this way about someone before, and I don't want to just give up on us, but I don't want to continue down this path because right now I am very unhappy. Please, can you give your girl some advice? Mm, Interesting. This is the first thing. So he's already a dad. He's already a dad. Mm-hmm. I can't even possibly think about planning to bring another life into the world without steady work. Right. right. Like that to me just does not. Right. I, I just don't. I can't fathom what that's like. Mm-hmm. People do it all the time and they find ways. Kudos to them. But planning to bring another life when you don't have steady work and you already have another life to take care of, mm-hmm. to me, just seems ass backwards. Mm-hmm. You know, I know. We always talk about not judging people on this show and and we don't ever want to be judged, Mm -hmm. but certain things require planning and responsibility. You understand what I'm saying? And for me, I don't understand unless you plan to co-parent together Mm -hmm. and both handle the financial burden, asking someone to have your baby 
when you can't even take care of yourself to me just seems selfish and irresponsible. I think that's the biggest problem you know what I'm in saying? this whole scenario here. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. it's like, okay, moving in together, being engaged, being married, all that's cute. But when you're thinking about providing for another life. Right. <laughs> well, already having one. And then you, they'd be a family of four. And also providing for her. Lightly. Yeah. She's going to have to be pregnant for nine to ten months. Right. And then after the baby comes, there's a lot of things that need to get done and taken care of. Right. And if he can't contribute financially because he doesn't have steady work and then he can't contribute any other way mm -hmm. because you're you know you're a dad you don't you don't breastfeed right. or god forbid something happens to something, her right and she can't go back to work right away or or you know something happens to her and he doesn't have insurance mm -hmm. like like as we talked about like yeah. these are things that you need to consider when trying to plan life and bring another life into this world so absolutely and i think the fear of the unknown seems like a little bit for him here too because he's saying well i know i'm comfortable being a dad so that's right. something i'm good at and if I have another baby, I'll be a great dad because I've done this before. But not knowing health, healthy marriages or not right. experiencing or being around people who are in healthy marriages, not paying someone else's mortgage. I can agree with that. I can agree with we that, had yes. the moments where we felt that way as well, too. But but how are you going to buy a house <laughs> if you don't have a steady job? Right. That was what I was about to say. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? How, how are you going to get approved for a mortgage? Right. Where you, where's the down payment going to come from? Right. There are certain things that have to happen first in order for you to make the next step in life. Absolutely. And I would think that having steady work would be the first thing you do. Absolutely. And, and not that life or God or social constructs have created a plan, but typically it's you get a steady job. You meet someone. You find out if you love them or like them. You get married, mm -hmm. you purchase a home, you have a baby so that you can put things in order so that you can take care of it. Mm -hmm. When you just jump from not even having a steady job to having a baby, right. it just seems like all those other things in between are just going to be messed up. Right. And you like know? you said, so, sometimes it happens, but then it requires just figuring things out and scrambling. Right. Whereas if you're consciously going into something and making a plan and a course of action, it's just that you can't skip, skip the right. steps in between that, you know. And then you saying that you don't know of any or him saying that he doesn't know of anyone that is in a healthy marriage or relationship. He can know a bunch of shitty ass dads doesn't mean he's going to be a shitty ass dad. You have to not true. let that be an indicator as to whether or not you will be successful in your marriage because you've seen shitty ass marriages because we see them every day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And um, we see unhappy people every day, but it's a choice you make every day speaking of choices she said can you give me some advice this is what i think mama you have a plan that you want for your life mm -hmm. right and uh, we talk choice. about this all the time um you're not obligated to anyone or anyone's idea of what you should do or who you should be so if you don't feel comfortable in this situation and it no longer serves you mm -hmm. feel free to move on and be proud of the strength you have to move on and find someone who is like-minded enough to go into life with the same plan as you that's the only way it works. Like just staying in because of time or oh, I really like this person, but right. it's not going to serve you in the long run. Right. So really sit down and take inventory of what's important. Mm -hmm. And if you guys can't have conversations to get on the same page, you might want to think about moving in another direction. Hope so. that helps, girl. Hope yeah. that helps. All right. On to the second one. I love you guys a lot and your content is great. Thank you. I am a 22 year old college female student. I want to know how you explored your sexual needs by being a young, God-fearing couple in college. We explored. <laughs> With each other, <laughs> each other. <for> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I have no one to ask because I come from a culture where sexual activity of any kind or asking about it is wrong. I know the Capital feeling. letters. Okay, girl, same. I want to have wisdom about not necessarily wanting to do it. How would you advise your boys going to college to go about it? What did you guys learn about how to be careful, wise, mentally healthy, young adults mm. all through that process? Love you lots. 
Yeah, girl. So Deval and I were lucky enough that we found each other in college and we were pretty much monogamous in college. Like, but, it was you and I. But she said being careful, wise, mentally healthy young adults. That's we, what we weren't. We were not that. Right. I was about as to say that. Out, as you'll find out next year, we're working on a project that oh, we'll, yes. we'll talk about that. But we Some were not. Some things we're going to save. Yes. Because they're coming out later yes. um, in terms of stories and whatnot. But we weren't necessarily always making the right decisions, the right. wise decisions, because we were college we students. Were we were but, young and in love and but horny. <laughs> we also came from backgrounds similar to her where your parents didn't talk about sex and my parents. So we mm-hmm. figured it out with each other on our yes. own. And luckily, we were able to figure it out just with each other for the most part. Like, yeah. you know, there weren't many outside influences no. and we weren't having to deal with like too many people in and out of our relationship. Yeah, no, and, us. you know, we didn't we didn't. Mm-hmm. That wasn't us um, or just having casual sex that people right. like, tend to have and stuff nowadays. Yeah, we, too. Neither one of us was having no, none of us sex. were in, into we, that, really. But we both knew, like, for example, there were times where we took breaks in college. Mm hmm. And if I wanted to explore something, I always told Kadeem mm-hmm. that this is what I intended right. to do. Exactly. And in those cases, I protected myself. Right. Right. So I was mature enough at that point to protect myself. But um, when I think it came that's to, when I, what I was going to get at too is just yeah. the biggest protection thing. Because you said, what would you tell? What would we tell our boys about in college? You know. Well, the first thing is I'm, we're going to be transparent with our kids about. Sex, and I'm not waiting till sure. college. No. You know, I'm I'm already transparent with because Jackson is going to middle school next year. Oh Lord! I remember middle school. Middle, middle school, school is, is a cesspool, <laughs> or a cesspool of hormones, raging hormones. Right. So people, I'm scared, y'all. Young I'm kids shook. You are, but you don't have to be. I'm you, you really don't have to be. Young kids are all looking to explore, and if you come from a home where sex is taboo, those are the kids who do the most exploring during those times because there's no one at home to guide them. Right. So what I would do with my boys is, especially the Jackson being the oldest, is we have open conversations about what sex is, what can happen when you have sex, what the feeling is like, um, and even as much as when you feel that energy of that girl over there that I like, mm-hmm. what type of energy is that? Right. And how feeling? do I move on that energy? Mm-hmm. Because it's important for people to understand that some of these young boys who don't know how to act accordingly have never been taught. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the problem, right? Yes. We as males have been given the privilege to do whatever we want to do and then it's boys will be boys. But then Absolutely young girls not. get judged. Right. So for me, it's speaking to my boys about that privilege and learning to use discernment Mm-hmm. when it's time to figure out, hey, I, I like this girl. She she makes me feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. What, you know, what am I entitled to or not entitled to? You are entitled to say hello. Right. You know, it was it was just as young as, okay, I'm, I'm kind of out Jackson a little bit here. And uh, our people in, in L.A., shout out to Rob and Courtney. They have a beautiful young daughter who's the same age as Jackson. Mm-hmm. And Jackson w- went by their house. And then uh, he came home and Rob calls me. He's like, man, we got to talk. And I was like, what happened? He was just like, you know, I was I was downstairs and then my oldest son came downstairs and was just like, um, yo, Jackson got his arm. I forget their daughter's name. Um, uh, Aubrey. Aubrey <laughs> has his arm around Aubrey, right? And then the father was like, Rob, this is my guy. I was just like, oh, yeah? He's like, so what are they doing? He's like, no, they watched the movie, but he got his arm around her. And this is Aaron. Aaron at the uh-huh. time was 14 years uh-huh. old. He's like, you're not going to do nothing? Like, you got to go say something. <laughs> so by the time he got upstairs, Jackson already had his arm mm-hmm. from around Aubrey, right? Mm-hmm. So then Jackson comes home. Of course, Jackson being a gentleman, as we talked about, when Aubrey came by our house, he walked her to the door, mm-hmm. made sure she got in the door, said hello, and then came back home. So <laughs> when Jackson gets back home, at this in this particular time, because he was at their house at this particular time, I was like, "So, how was everything?" Right? And he's like, "Everything's fine." 
And I was just like, so um, anything happened? <laughs> and he was just like, looking like, no, why? So I was like, so I heard that you had your arm around Aubrey. And first thing is, oh, gosh, dad. And he's, he's nine <laughs> at this point. He's nine. He's like, oh, gosh, come on, man. And I was just like, you're not in trouble. Like, Mr. Rob told me, I said, can you just tell me what happened? He's just like, no, I just, we were watching a movie. And I was like, can I put my arm around you? And I said, what did she say? She's just like, yes. So I said, so you asked for permission? Mm -hmm. And he was like, yes, I did. So I said, but why'd you want to put your arm around her? And he was just like, I don't know. When you and mommy watch movies, you put your arm around mommy. So I was like, okay, that's fair. fair. And then I said, so then what happened? She's just like, so after like maybe 25 seconds, she was like, okay, you can move your arm now. So I moved it. <laughs> so I was like, so it was about 25 seconds. He was like, give or take. He's like, am I in trouble now? Mr. Rob's going to be mad now. And I, and I said, no, Mr. Rob's not mad. But, you know, Aaron saw, and he looks up to Aaron. He's like, oh, man, Aaron saw, so now Aaron's not going to like me. I said, no, that's not the case. What happens is, is you have to learn how to be a gentleman mm -hmm. because that's someone's daughter. Mm -hmm. And it's important for them to know that the guys they have around their daughters are gentlemen. So you did a good job, and you did the right thing. You asked for permission, and when it, if she ever feels uncomfortable, then you do not do whatever it is that makes her feel uncomfortable. That type of conversation is going to be the same conversation we have as we progress to dating mm -hmm. and kissing mm -hmm. and sex mm -hmm. and babies. I'm yeah. going to be upfront and honest. Yes. Have and I'm, to be. I'm not going to hold any punches. To I'm going to let them know what's appropriate and what's inappropriate and how they're supposed to move. Absolutely. But I'm well not going said. to make them feel awkward and guilty no, 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 about no. having sexual urges. I'm yes. not going to do that. That's where I, well, my mother never made me or my father never made me feel guilty or awkward or anything. It was just always kind of like an off limits topic. Like we're just not yeah. going to have that conversation because, you know, immaculate conception. Mm -hmm. Well, can you talk to even them about when the first I look time? Back, even though when I look back on my, um, I look back at my mom's wedding pictures, I was like, sis, I was there, but I wasn't there. <laughs> so I know what happened before I, before you got married. <laughs> talk about what you said. Yeah, can you talk about um, how your mom um, believed that you were a virgin oh, up until my the goodness. night before our wedding? Up until like the night before our wedding. I, just, I don't know if I told this before that my mom literally bought me one. Do you remember the, uh, Will, the, the Fresh Prince episode? With Will Smith and um, what was her name from uh, Living Singles? Yes. Um, Kim Fields. Kim Fields, Kim yes. Kim Fields. And she has on like that silk. Padded. Padded robe. shoulder pad robes with like the dangling <laughs> sequins and lace. And it was like floor length. So she got me like this night, this like nightgown set and then the, the robe so to sexy. go with it. And then she was just like, you know, this is for your wedding night. So when your husband, you know, he undresses you. And I was like, <laughs> what? She said he's going to undress you and he's going to consummate the marriage. Consummate the marriage. <laughs> I was like, sis, consummate what? There's been some consummating we've, we've, going we've on. Been consummate Listen, the consummation was consummating. Okay. No, constant mating. That's what we were doing. <laughs> there was constant mating happening over the eight years that we were together. Yeah. Since we were and I was like, girl, and we had this conversation like over <laughs> dinner one day and it was very awkward. And where she was eating steak, she almost choked. Poor thing. <laughs> I was about to have to perform the Heimlich on Mimi, y'all. But, but no, I um, yeah. I also I also want you, Mama, to think. We talked to Melissa and Kevin Fredericks, mm -hmm. Kevin on stage, and Melissa talked about how when she grew up in the church, yes, they always made her like all the girls feel guilty about sexual urges, right? And then in a way, she didn't even know how to be a wife mm -hmm. when she got married because it was just like. You allow Don't worry men, about all that. right? Yeah. You allow men to do all these things. Boys will be boys. Go out, explore, have a good time. But then, when it comes to women, it's save yourself from marriage. Don't do this. Don't do that. Right. But then these men want 
these women to now be their wives and be open sexually. And she's never been open. She's never explored. She doesn't know what she likes. She doesn't know what he likes. She's just afraid because it's been so negative and taboo this whole time. I would tell my daughter, number one, because this is a very different conversation, (laughs) if I had a daughter, I would tell my daughter that having sexual urges is not wrong. Right. And it's normal, mm-hmm. first and foremost. Mm-hmm. But you need to speak to your mom about the proper way because I can't mansplain what it is to be a woman and have urges. Right. You need to speak to your mom openly about what she did to find out what she likes, what she doesn't like, what she approves of, what she doesn't approve of, and how she moved safely throughout her exploration process right. in life. And, I, and I'm and not going to say a dad can't boys, do it. Lord. But yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I, know. I dodged that bullet. But I know as a mom with boys, I will also be doubling down on the conversation Absolutely. that you have with them as too, too they, from a woman's gonna, perspective. Abs- they're going to Because they you. deserve to, yeah, they deserve to know as well, at least from a woman's perspective. No, that's, that's a good so. point because. Because you always think about the man explaining right. what the man, like, you know, the boys right. or men explaining to the boys from the man's perspective, particularly with sex. But as a woman, I want to make sure that my boys are, are sound individuals when they know yes. how to maneuver with women intimately, you know? I, so. I never thought about that because as a father, I said if I had a daughter, I would teach my daughter the game. Right. And I would tell her all the all the things that the guys are looking for right. and what they might try to do to, to manipulate right. you. But also, right, there's, there's also the versa. same thing. Women do the same thing to men. But mm-hmm. I would also tell my daughter, like, if you're looking to be someone's, I don't want to say wife because you don't have to be someone's wife while you're exploring. But if you know the type of guy that you're looking for, you, you have to understand that they, there are certain needs that a man has as a woman that if you want it to be in your power to serve him, be prepared for the mm-hmm. same way I'm talking to my sons now about you want to be somebody's husband. This is what is required is to be yeah, someone's entails, husband. Exactly. This is what it entails. If your life, if your wife likes this, if sexually she needs this, this is your responsibility as a husband. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm going to tell my boys. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I had a daughter, I would have the same exact conversation. Yep, sounds good. Wow, that was like a whole episode. It was a listener letter. I'm like, okay. Um, all right, y'all. So as you can see, we're getting into the nitty gritty with these listener letters. So email us while it's hot, okay, at uh, deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's right. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. All right, moment of truth time. Back to men's health. Um, we're going to wrap up the episode with a takeaway, a tidbit, something that you felt. Um, for me, I think it just rolls back to my soundbite and what I spoke about briefly during the episode. Black men, we love you and we want you to be around. There are so many obstacles that the black man has to Mm -hmm. overcome, deal with, face with on a day-to-day basis, just living and existing in his skin Mm -hmm. um, socially, you know, that I feel like if this is something that we can take into our hands if we can, as our black women, as we can continue to pour into our husbands and into our, you know, brothers and into our our cousins and our uncles, the importance of taking care of themselves because this is something that we can control to an extent. Healthcare, you know, yeah. insurance aside, um, do that. Like, let's continue to just take care of each other while we can, because there's so many things that we can be, avoid. So many things that can be prevented, as we heard yeah. from Dr. Brown, um, that if we just take the time to take care of each other and take care of ourselves, we can probably live longer. Absolutely. Um, my moment of truth is, is simple. This was a moment of truth as you were staring into the side of my face as Dr. <laughs> Kelvin Brown was talking. But um, sleep deprivation and stress 
mm. are silent killers like carbon monoxide. There you go. So, so men, young men, do not let your grind be the grim reaper. Mm. So you're constantly working, team, no sleep, I got to get this money, I got to hustle, da, 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 da. But it's stressing you out and you're not sleeping. You won't even be able to see and exist and enjoy the fruits of your labor if you don't get some sleep and stop stressing. That part. All right, y'all. Continue to follow us on social media. Dr. Kelvin gave you all of his, uh, Dr. Kelvin Brown, I should say his whole name. Um, he gave you all of his handles. But for us, you know where to find us. That as the podcast. Kadeen, I am. And I am Deval. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. All right. That ass. Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free for everyone and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it.